What's up, y'all? It's P. Dangerous back again with another edition of Dangerous Sports Talk. Yes, my voice is back fully. And I have my strength in it, so I'm able to do more shows like I used to. If you listened to the last show, you probably heard my voice cracking a little bit. I may have been coughing a little bit through the show. I was battling a chest cold, and that motherfucker was stubborn to leave, but I'm back. We're back. So let's get into it. This week wraps officially wraps up the first week of the NFL season. And as always, it's always it's good to have NFL football back. Now, I'm not going to dissect every little thing from all the games because I actually talked about all the games on my boy's show, On the Mic with Mike. Please tune in every Tuesday and Thursdays on Energy Radio from 8 to 9 p.m. But I wanted to get into how much the black quarterbacks, the black quarterbacks showed their asses this week. For this to be the first season, I'm sorry, the first week of the NFL season, bruh, they definitely brought it, brought it. And, of course, we all know history with black quarterbacks in the NFL. But but to see so many thriving and doing the thing was definitely a good thing to see. So we're going to start with Mr. Teddy Bridgewater on the Denver Broncos. He went 20, 28 for 36, 264 yards, two, in a, two interceptions, really, and two touchdowns. Dak Prescott, he came back. 42 of 58, 403 yards, three touchdowns. Now, say what you will about Dak Prescott and the fucking Dallas Cowboys, but he went out there and played like he had something to prove. Loss be damned. Dak Prescott has went through a lot in addition to being injured. He was working to coming back from his injury, then he had lost his brother. So this man played like, yo... I have to play not not only just for me, but I have to play for my brother's honor. So for Dak Prescott to play the way he did against the almighty Super Bowl champions, also known as the Tampa Bay Buccaneers with the almighty Tom Brady, it was definitely good to see him out there balling and being the player that Dallas drafted in the first damn place. Then we have Dangerous, Russell Wilson. He went 18 for 23, 254 yards with four touchdowns dangerous is gonna be him tyler lockett was his pretty was pretty much his main target and lockett did his thing as well and they pretty much swallowed indianapolis oh their defense did i'm sorry seattle's defense they don't have pretty much the heart and soul of the legions of boom anymore but they still have enough respectable players on their defense to make shit happen like the old school Legion of Boom did. And they just swallowed poor Carson Wentz up. Like, if you think that Carson Wentz is going to be any type of Peyton Manning or Andrew Luck, I'm sorry to be the one to tell you this, but Carson Wentz is going to be Carson Wentz. Granted, it's the first first game of the season, but still. If you have showings like that, people are going to question, question what you're made of. You know what I'm saying? So... Like I said, this is about dangerous, but I'm going into the games. But I'm just going off on what me and Mike just talked about. So it's still fresh in my brain. Then we got Mr. Tyrod Taylor. He went 21 for, th- th- ah, damn, 21 for 33, 291 yards and two touchdowns. 
Jalen Hurts of the Philadelphia Eagles. He is 27 for 35, 264 yards and three touchdowns. This performance definitely made me proud because I know what Jalen Hurts has in him. And obviously he was hyped up his first year, but really didn't have that chance really didn't have that chance to play like that. Because he was playing behind wait, wait, wait. He was playing behind Carson Wentz. And everybody thought that Carson Wentz was gonna be the answer. But everybody wanted to see Jalen Hurts play. Well, he definitely did play. He definitely came to play. And he and Philadelphia slapped the shit out of the Falcons. So for him to have a good game like this was definitely good for him. One of my other favorite quarterbacks, Mr. Kyler Murray. He went 21 for 32, 289 289 yards with four touchdowns. Kyler Murray, he's the quarterback that I wish would have been around when Larry Fitzgerald was in his prime because if Larry Fitzgerald had any type of downfalls, it would be having not having a stable quarterback to be able to get get him the ball and be able to stay healthy because he went through a lot of quarterbacks. Carson Palmer being one of the mainstays, but really wasn't the answer because he kept getting injured. Of course, you had Kurt Warner. I won't take anything away from Kurt Warner. I own his foot. I own his arena football game. And like I said, he just had the misfortune on being on Cardinals teams that didn't have a solid quarterback. And that's what I think Kyler Murray brings to the Cardinals because they're gonna hype him up. You know what I'm saying? Because he's the new he's the new quarterback, and everybody wants to see what he can do. But with him. And then you got J.J. Watt on defense. Like, I'm excited about the Cardinals. But I'm still sad about Larry Fitzgerald not playing this year. So just bear with me here. Then we got Mr. Patrick Mahomes, also known as my fantasy football quarterback. He went 27 for 36, 337 yards, three touchdowns against the Browns. And I already knew that <laughs> I already knew that Kansas City was going to win against the Browns. But... One thing that I've learned from talking sports and talking about the Browns is to not let Cleveland fans know anything because they're going to call you a hater every chance they get until pretty much your point is proven. And then when things happen and Baker Mayfield throws an interception or there's a fumble or there's something that causes the Browns to lose, nobody wants to listen to you about it. It's like, and all you can do is just be mad because I'm like, I tried to tell you and you can't say that I didn't. But Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs, you can't ever leave them on the ropes and give them room to breathe. Like, that's one of the worst things that you could have possibly done was give Kansas City room to breathe because they'll make you pay for it in the long run and snatch the victory out of your damn hands. And Mr. Jameis Winston, also known as Crab Legs. He went 14 for 20, 148 yards. Five, not one, not two, not three, not four, but five touchdowns against Aaron Rodgers and the fucking Packers. I'm just going to say this. Jameis Winston played like Aaron Rodgers, and Aaron Rodgers played like Jameis Winston. And And that pretty much makes me segue into the whole Aaron Rodgers thing. Bruh. At this point in time, Aaron Rodgers, you can just tell that he does not want to be there. 
because I don't know who was on the field playing, but that person was paying full price for the discount double check because pretty much he was, this is what probably the, like the sloppiest I've ever seen Aaron Rodgers play in his career. And I've been watching Aaron Rodgers for many years now. The Packers, like they pretty much were like, okay, you're going to play this season. Are we going to get the Aaron Rodgers of old? Aaron Rodgers just kind of side-eyed them. Because if, listen, you're going to know when somebody's morale is off. And he's been telling him that I don't want to be here. So pretty much when they backed his, back to make, ah, damn. When they backed him against the wall and he was forced to talk about the shit, he's like, okay, I'll come back and play, but you guys need to start doing right by your players. You know what I'm saying? So there's obviously some sort of t- some sort of discord between him and their management. Because for him to get out there and play like ass, like, bruh, I just think that the Packers are just holding on to an already defeated horse. Because Aaron Rodgers, like, they had to pull him out of the game and just put, put Jordan Love in there. Because I'm like, if this is the Aaron Rodgers that we're going to get, we may as well just leave Jordan Love in here for the rest of the damn season. But yeah, that... That that made me embarrassed for him, and I'm not even a big Aaron Rodgers fan myself. It embarrassed me because I'm like, you are billed as this bad man that can do absolutely no wrong and, and is an absolute killer in crunch time. But you just literally laid on your back and just let Jameis Winston and the Saints have their entire way with you the entire game from start to finish. And you think nothing is wrong with that? Yeah. I feel embarrassed for Aaron Rodgers and the Packers, but very, very proud of Jameis Winston. Now all Jameis Winston has to do is just stay out of trouble. It's not even like he gets into like bad, bad trouble. He just does stupid shit and says stupid shit that lands him in hot water. So please stay out of that shit. Stay out of that shit and play your brand of ball. Now, we're going to go back down the wrestling lane. Pretty much, last night on Raw, Bobby Lashley fought Randy Orton for the belt. Bobby Lashley wins. Then, Big E Langston comes down with his money in the bank briefcase that I completely forgot that he lost. I'm sorry, that I completely forgot that he won. Like, you have to understand that I really don't watch that much WWE to pay attention or really care. But I watch... I pay attention to certain things that shock me or surprise me. And this was one of them. Because Big E won the WWE Championship belt. How do I feel about it? Granted, I'm always going to be happy to see a black champion. That's a given. Because a black champion is far and few in between as it is. But I don't trust WWE. And I don't trust them to really be the face of the company. Like a John Cena would be. Because John Cena will hold the belt eight eight fucking months out of the year. And that's a full title run. And then some. So. To have another black champion. You're going to let him have his moment of glory. You're going to let him hold on to the belt. But to actually respect him enough to give him a full title run, to carry the company, carry the load of being a world champion for a little bit, like, that's the only thing that I'm worried about. Because WWE, they'll give a black champion the belt, 
but they're only going to hold it but for so long. And I'm I'm already iffy about the shit. I'm iffy because I'm like, okay, Big E deserves this, but it's like, <sighs> like y'all, like y'all entrusted him to be the champion. Let him have a full title run, because they hyped up Bianca Belair, the entire fucking year, from the Royal Rumble to WrestleMania, to SummerSlam. I already discussed that whole fiasco as it is, but. Just give them enough respect to give them a full title run as a black champion. That's all I want. Just like you would have the confidence to to have Triple H be a champion for over a year. Give the black champions the same respect in return. Even though that's too much to ask for. That's way too much to ask for because we are, like I said, we already know what that's about. And that's a completely different topic for another show. But bruh. Congratulations to Big E Langston for winning the WWE Championship belt. And yeah, I'm just really shocked about that for real, for real. But yeah, I had to get on here and do a show for you guys because I said on Twitter, if you follow me on Twitter at DB Dangerous, I told y'all I was going to do a show and I promised you I was. So here it is in a fucking nutshell. And on that note, I'm going to get my ass out of here. As always, thank you guys very much for your love and support of Dangerous Sports Talk. You guys are so appreciated and loved. And I am out of here. Love God, love yourself, and love each other. Peace.